You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Vakani at Bilal V87, and it's time for your Raw review, and Raw is now firmly the B-Show. Yes, Raw is the B-Show. And it started out good. There was a new intro and a signature, but that'll be across all of WWE's programming over the new season. And then my nightmare came true. They introduced Dio Madden, and no, Madden is not spelled the way John would have spelled it. Vic Joseph, who is coming fresh off 205 Live, which will not exist soon. And NXT UK, which many of you have not watched, and I don't blame you. It's the worst regular show on WWE, but it's entertaining. And Jerry the King Lawler, as, as a temporary familiar face, is the sense we get. And that's the new Raw. New stage looked great. But then you look at the advertising for SmackDown. The Rock's back. Brock's taking on Kofi. Charlotte and Becky are teaming against Sasha and Bayley. Two of those uh, female superstars we didn't see on this show. The Rock we didn't see on this show. Kevin Owens and Shane we didn't see on this show. And we will not see one of them ever on this show because one of them will be fired after that. And we opened Raw with Rey Mysterio cutting a promo about his big Universal title match only for him to be interrupted by Brock Lesnar, so the number one contender on SmackDown versus the number one contender on Raw. And much like how SmackDown will be treated over Raw, Brock annihilates Rey Mysterio and then sets his sights on Dominic, who's in the front row, and after a bit of delay, annihilates Dominic, annihilates Rey some more. Dominic gets taken out on a stretcher. Later on, Paul Heyman's backstage... And he does apologize to Ray and Dominic, but he blames the McMahons and ownership for scheduling Brock ahead of Kingston because he's going to annihilate Kingston. We also had Seth backstage reacting to this and a bit on him and Bray meeting up in Hell in a Cell. We got a bit of the Firefly Firefly Funhouse previewing Hell in a Cell, which was quite good. And then this all actually tied into Miz TV, surprisingly, with Hogan and Flair. It turned out that Team Hogan will face Team Flair at Crown Jewel. Hogan quickly named Seth Rollins as his captain, so you see the connection already. Ric Flair named Randy Orton, which is understandable given the history the two had. And then Randy Orton challenged Seth to a match. And immediately you're starting to say, well, what does this mean for Ray? Are they both going to be tired, or will there not be a match for Ray? Corbin, during this match, distracts Seth... And then they attack him. Rusev shockingly makes the save. And then we get a backstage interview with Rusev. And Rusev is asked about Lana. He just kind of eventually tells us there's problems at home. Um, But he quickly turns around to wanting a universal match from Seth, even though they're apparently both part of Team Hogan. So this team is razor thin in terms of their chemistry. Orton and Corbin, it looks like they're going to be on commentary for this match, but I guess the stage and the commentary desk are just kind of in the same place now, so they're just standing there, which is probably for the better. And then during the match, Bobby Lashley comes out. He makes a belt gesture, which would make you think he's out there to attack Seth, but then Lana comes out, starts making out with Lashley several times. This distracts Rusev, although none of this really matters because then The Fiend comes out and attacks Seth and Raw goes off the air with that. So before I go any further, let's break all this down. 
the season premiere of Raw starts with SmackDown's number one contender for their title going up against Raw's number one contender, annihilating them. And the the team led by the SmackDown superstar Orton also gets the upper hand on the Raw superstar Seth. I get that you want to make SmackDown strong, but dear God, they could have given Raw something here. Uh, we'll continue here. There was another uh, sort of continuation with this Ray and Dominic story as Cesaro interrupted a backstage segment, some bollocks about Brock being investigated criminally, blah, 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 blah. Thankfully, Cesaro jumps in, defends it. He wishes he could have done it. Ricochet walks up and basically called out Cesaro, saying that he would never do it and that he's not as big as he says he is. They have a match. And I truly believed that Ricochet was in the U.S. title match later. Turns out it's Cedric Alexander, which we get to in a second. But this was a good win for Ricochet. His interrupting of Cesaro was actually some of his best promo work to date, too. And he sort of used the West Coast pop as a tribute to Ray. This is a very good use of Ricochet's athleticism and sort of leaning on that sympathy. So this is the best I've, I've seen Ricochet and as always Cesaro putting together a great match and, and better on the mic here than I've seen in quite some time. And at least given the opportunity to be a heel on the mic. So big win for Ricochet. Then we had Cedric Alexander versus the US champion AJ Styles. No big surprise here. AJ retained, but excellent match. And the OC was busy with something else I'll get to in a second. So this was quite good. We also got Sasha without Bailey versus Alexa without Nikki. Apparently, they were banned from ringside. Sasha got the win again, which, man, oh, man, if, if Sasha and Bailey don't get a tag team title match out of this, I don't know what's happening. Becky was on commentary for this match. It was quite good. Becky eventually attacked Sasha after the match. Cut a very good promo. Sasha ran off. Later, Maria was backstage with Charlie Caruso. Um, explaining that Rusev was not the father, and that was pretty much it. Sasha took over, started ripping Becky at Hell in a Cell. Obviously, these two are really, really doing a great job building up that match. Probably better than The Fiend and Rollins, because Rollins hasn't done a lot. Uh, the Fiend is in a pretty good job. Um, but Sasha, this could probably be the better of the two Hell in the Cells between Sasha and Becky, in my opinion. Over to the tag team division, and I'm talking about the men now. Uh, Heavy Machinery took on Ziggler and Bobby Roode, which seemed like an odd choice as Heavy Machinery has mainly been featured on SmackDown, but glad to see him in a tag team title match. Not a huge surprise they lost here. I'm not sure why Ziggler and Roode even need these titles. If Ziggler doesn't want to be in this company and Roode was almost the number one contender for the Universal Champion last week. So I... This really feels like a placeholder type thing. But on the plus side, we got a AOP promo again. This one was a little more scripted. Still effective, just, you know, it was just about violence and just somebody writing a poem about violence, essentially, is okay. It was like if Yoda coached these guys, but good. We also had the Viking Raiders get a pretty convincing win over the OC. I'm not sure how much more I need to see these two teams face each other, especially if the Viking Raiders are just going to take everything. Some very funny commentary here, I must say, by Madden and King about LARPing. And some other things. And, and the divide between these two is, is quite great, actually. And there's something to be said about Tom Phillips. Where does he go? Because he can't go back to NXT. He can't go back to SmackDown. Will be very interesting. We also had Lacey Evans versus Natalia. Lacey with a dirty win here and an attack after. 
They're building her up. Um, I'm not sure for what. You could only hope it's a one and done shot at Charlotte when she gets the belt on SmackDown or something. But it doesn't really seem to be the way the marketing for SmackDown is going. So she's probably going to stay on Raw. I get the sense that Becky's going to SmackDown and that Sasha will be the champion. And maybe eventually Alexa becomes the Raw Women's Champion. And then at some point we get Lacey and Alexa or Nikki and Lacey might make more sense. Very long term. Um, but they're just obviously trying to keep Lacey afloat here. I don't know. I'm not very invested in this you know natalia hasn't been given much time lacy they haven't even really been giving the mic to of late it's um i'm a bit lost with this and i really miss ruby riot among others and certainly if you could promote a Shayna baszler what it or a bianca belair i think this would be infinitely better than the lacy evans push you know uh the street profits plugged nxt raw and hell in a cell you know, here we go again with these guys. I just don't care anymore. But, you know, we're, we're left with a Raw. I, you can look at this show and not look to SmackDown and see the writing on the wall. And for good reason. Uh, for those of you who don't know, SmackDown is going to the Fox Network. WWE has never had a weekly show on a network channel. Certainly main event has featured in some points. There's been morning shows, cartoons. But this is monumental. And I think people are very much lowballing what this means for WWE. We could be talking about 4 to 5 million people a week watching SmackDown. We could be talking about twice as many as what they've been doing on Raw. So this shift is needed and obviously USA and NBC Universal product Fox a Fox product there's going to be a very stark division here and I think you saw it in the way people were treated I think you can go down the line the fiend might be the strongest character who will be left on Raw but beyond that the, the way Brock destroyed Ray the way Heavy Machinery lost to Ziggler and Rude, but looked very, very good because they may be the future SmackDown champions. And I would bet you that the AOP is part of that SmackDown division and not part of this Raw division that features the Viking Raiders who are somewhat lost and the OC who are completely lost and Ziggler and Rude who aren't even a tag team. I tell you, those last three teams that I'm not sure about, they're going to be on Raw. And the two teams I'm sure about, Heavy Machinery and AOP, will probably find themselves fighting for the SmackDown titles once they're done with the Revival, who are arguably the best team in WWE and are not leaving SmackDown. And I'd say the same thing for the New Day, who are one of the greatest teams left on WWE. And uh, I guarantee you, this Lacey Evans-Natalia thing, I don't think either of them are going to be leaving Raw unless it's to be jobbers on SmackDown. So that's what I thought. Um, obviously, I won't be back until Friday for SmackDown on Fox. I'm very excited to see what happens. And then Sunday for Hell in the Cell, which is shaping up to be a very interesting card. I'm not planning to do an NXT podcast, and I'm not really looking too carefully at the AEW stuff. Uh, for those who don't know, they bungled their TV deal in the States. They don't have a proper TV deal in Canada. Sorry, not in the States. In the UK, my apologies. So I can't even really cover it if I wanted to. 
But you can tweet me up at Alvi87 if you want more AEW content, I'll consider it. But I'm not too sold. Until next time, that's it. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 